0: Yeah, uh, yet the other gang, two sisters, both curious and strange. A lucky duo and they witty from the brain. It's the magic hour, Mercedes and J.
1: This is part 2. If you missed part 1 of this episode, you can find it in our podcast library now. If you're all caught up, welcome back.
0: The ability to focus as well. So, do you think that that um, this rise of ADD, ADHD, and depression because of all, all of your connection to self? Do you think that screen time on the rise is why all of those things are on the rise?
2: We did a stu- we actually did a study into that, and it's one of many, many studies. Ton of them, uh, uh, definitely pointing to the to um, kids having uh, trouble with with focusing and hyperactivity. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it decreases as screen use decreases. It rises. Mm-hmm. Social and emotional mm-hmm. issue rise. This was in a study. Uh, the probably the best one is called Learning Habits. If anyone if anyone listening wants to sort of follow this, uh, it's in Learning Habits where. I think there was like it was thousands and thousands and thousands of kids were tracked over a long period of time, and they found a, du- a direct link between the rise of screen use and the rise of ADD mm-hmm. and the rise of social emotional and behavioral problems. Mm-hmm. What we found in our study is that when we um, negotiated screens out of kids' lives mm-hmm. and just gave them a more simple and balanced life. Mm-hmm. Their um, their uh, ADD uh, they, it went they went from chronically a um, and I use the term ADD mm-hmm. but I I think honestly using the term deficit attention deficit yeah. is is not it's not great right. it's not attention right. deficit mm-hmm. it's, it's unregulated mm-hmm. it's unregulated it's excess and it's unprioritized yes that's the key to me is the right. kid's attention is just fine but they have but they're thinking about pizza in an algebra lesson mm-hmm. and algebra is, is being relegated to two or three. And, the, mm-hmm. and, a, and understand that, that their attention is fine, but it's right. all misappropriated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because screens do that a lot. They flick images backwards yeah. and forwards yeah. and backwards and forwards. And of course it goes and into attention. also
0: like Red 40 and sugar and all that. But it's like the screen, mm-hmm. it, like, it changes the way their brain Reacts and oh, operates, totally. in their emotions. But what if, say, someone's listening right now and um, they're waking up to this, but they've already they've already given their kids? Because I know you work on um, non prescription um, when it comes to behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, say they already have given their kids Adderall or Ritalin or whatever the safest form that they can find, um, and they're waking up to okay, wow, I need to change their lifestyle as well. Um, mm-hmm. What's the best thing they can do?
2: Well, look. To, to you guys are asking really good questions. Um, <laughs> we need more time uh, with
0: you. We might need a part. Yeah. I, I have two more big questions after this.
2: So, all right. So, all right, so, so this has got to be nutshell, right? Look, all kids are quirky, right? They've all got their quirks that makes them, that make them lovable and kind of infuriating sometimes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But they've got they've all got their quirks. Mm-hmm. Over you know years now of working with this, one thing that I've come to understand is that if you add quirks to if if you add uh, a, a bigger pardon un, unrelenting stress mm-hmm. to a child's life, that quirk will slide along a spectrum and become problematic. Yeah. And if the stress still yeah. continues, it'll become a disorder. Mm-hmm. All a disorder is is an inflamed quirk.
1: What's if an example really, of that. Just so yeah, I it,
2: it, yeah, exactly. If a child's a really busy kid, mm-hmm. right? They're not a sitting still kid, thoughtful yeah. in that way. N- not in terms of still mm-hmm. thoughts. They think mm-hmm. while they're moving. They they're literally go-getters. think on their f- go getters. Yeah, yeah. Good mm-hmm. way of putting it. Okay, and they think through doing. There's this mm-hmm. saying, "Think on your feet." I love mm-hmm. that saying because that's a lot of kids do. Not all, but some do. Yeah. Okay. unrelenting stress to that kid's life. And they're they're the ones that are are are, are really prone to 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 being hyperactive. Mm -hmm. If you have a kid who just loves things to be in order, just likes things to be orderly, Mm -hmm. you know, likes things lined up, you add unrelenting stress to their lives and they become obsessional. You got it. Mm -hmm. If you have a kid who's um, a bit feisty, right, Um, and you love them because they're feisty, you add unrelenting stress to their lives. And they become uh, 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 oppositional, defiant, disorder. Uh-huh. But here's the thing, and, and Mercedes, this perhaps goes, like it, it takes your question one step further. Is that what we found through our studies? And we've got like a th- over a thousand Simplicity Parenting coaches and group leaders around the world now. So this is cross-cultural. It's one of the biggest parenting movements in the world. But the examples that we get given are from all these different cultures. Mm-hmm. Is that if you, you start to that. The, Problem number one is that is that stress has become the new normal. Yeah. Too much, too soon, mm-hmm. too sexy, too mm-hmm. young. It's become normal. It's become normalized. But when we were growing up, it just wasn't like that. And and some people yeah. say, well, that's just the way the world is now. It's not. Our the kids' brains can't cope with it and they go right. into fight or flight. It's not natural. And they go in mm-hmm. Right. And they go into what these a D D, O D, D, P D, D, O C D, there's no shortage of D's. Yeah, a lot of D's. Right. But that I call that an emotional fever or a soul fever. It's a soul fever. Yeah. It's an inner fever. It's not necessarily an illness. It's 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 an exaggerated quirk. But mm. if we give our kids cumulative simplicity and balance, if we dial their lives back a little bit, mm. just a little bit, we start to say, you know. I wonder if they really do need to do that that second travel team or I wonder if they really do need to have that that extra play date I wonder if and you start questioning this new normal of more more bigger and more and bigger and more and you start simplifying wherever you can I mean it's whatever feels my my book simplicity parenting it's it's a kind of a weird book because it doesn't tell you to do one extra thing a lot of parenting books tell you to do all this stuff this this actually suggests doing less. It's, yeah. it's a lot easier, right? And <laughs> through dialing it back, you get your kid's quirk. And, and many moms and dads have said to me, it's amazing when we just let them, we gave them a little more time at home. We gave yeah. them time in nature. We they gave them time so imaginative. to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then they, they feel like they've got their little kid back. Many of them yeah. said to me, I feel like I've
0: i know
2: but the interesting thing is is that if we keep just dialing it back a little bit i don't think it's weird about this but just sensible stuff mm-hmm. dialing back screens just just that and so we can feel a bit more comfortable with it dialing up game nights dialing up baking yeah. together just just hanging out um, yeah then our kids quirk Becomes their genius. Yeah, it actually, their gift. The weird thing is, the same thing that is their disorder is also their genius. Yeah. And, and do, you
0: really that, do you think that? Do you think that weaning them off of the medication or the prescription is dire in that um, turning that cork into genius?
2: Well, one of the studies we did, a pilot study, is we had. Um, uh, 23 kids, which, which we tracked, um, carefully tracked. And, uh, it was, it was around about 90% of them within four months when they'd been taken off Adderall, Ritalin and and, and so on within four months, they went from clinically ADD to being not, to Mm. be, they went, they were still kind of rascally. They're still moving kids. That's their point right there. They're kids. but they're kids and they're just them again. They're now reachable, teachable. You can be, they're, they're doing okay. And that was within four months. Wow. So for me, you know, Jay, to answer your question more specifically, medication, we've got to understand that the United States consumes over 92% yeah. of all those medications in the well, world. We have, yeah. we have doggy riddle. We have doggy So, But, but medication, I'm not, again, not anti-medication. It's like mm-hmm. scaffolding but scaffolding is not meant to stay there permanently. Right, right. You, you put scaffolding up so you can get to a place where you, where you make the repair mm-hmm. and yeah. then you take it away so that the building, the structure can stand independently. Yeah. So anyone who's listening to this, who's, um, whose kids need that help with medication, one of the things to start to do is just to simplify, dial it back. Even if your kids object, it doesn't matter, you're in charge. <laughs> um, dial it back, Simplify it. Just mm-hmm. less screen time, less books, less toys, stuff. Um, declutter your environment.
0: Yeah, um, make it
2: an oasis. Quiet it all down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the only thing we can control is our homes. We can't control what's going right. on out there. We can mm-hmm. control in here. And and as you do that, uh, see a doctor and see if mm-hmm. it's okay to start dialing back the medication. So as mm-hmm. you dial connection to those four things i was talking about nature mm-hmm. friends family and self as you dial up the amount of time and you dial up those connections dial down the medication yeah mm-hmm. and there are thousands of parents that have done that albeit under doctor's supervision of course yeah. mm-hmm. but that that is what we've been told over and over and right. over was, was was something to consider
0: yeah. I love that answer. Um, so I've listened to every single episode of your podcast, simplicity parenting. Um, and I love it's yeah. your parents cause it's only 10 minutes an episode. So it's perfect. <laughs> um, but I, I have yeah. two personal questions that I have not heard answered on your show. Um, if you have time for them, we don't have to go super deep into them. Well, why don't you
2: um, ask them and we'll, we'll have a go at them and then I'll, I'll, I'll record them on the show as well and blame you. Oh,
0: awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're from my own personal life um so the first one is um me and my children um their their dad and I are no longer together it was um sadly a very toxic relationship so what's best is right now at least is no contact which is very confusing as you can imagine for the kids um and my daughter, who's um, almost four, she sometimes will act like a baby, like she'll regress. Um, but a, a big concern too is that when we um, go back and forth with the kids, which someone else will do the transition for us, um, when they go to their dad, they they cry for me; they just want me. When they go to their um, to me, they cry for their dad; they just want their dad. And I, I, um, what big emotions? What sad you know, situation mm-hmm. for them. And they often say, I just want everyone to be together. And we've been um, apart for over a year now, and it, this is still continued. So I'm curious, just in a situation like this, what is the best thing that we can do to help our children navigate through the feelings? I, per- I don't take it personally, but I do, um, I, I do feel lost on, on what's the best thing to say
2: yeah that, that it's 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 tough it's it's mm-hmm. it's really tough but one of the th- there's there's a um when you have um like when you have kids going between homes right mm-hmm. you're probably on some of the basic stuff which you you probably onto is is that in their little backpacks or whatever they're taking to dad's place let them take their favorite the, the pillow they sleep on mm-hmm. let them take it let that go backwards and forwards between them the, the, their favorite toy obviously goes backwards and forwards between them when things get better between you and dad and they will one day they will you know is if if the story the book that they're being read the story that they're being read that can go backwards and forwards so they get the same story yeah. uh, at dad's as they get at mums and you start they start to have they what they want is this is they so heart renderingly said we just want everyone to be together mm. but togetherness can take different forms and if they start taking for example a story and you're reading them Winnie the Pooh one of my favorites right mm-hmm. so you're reading them Winnie the Pooh and and he, he, and he he's, he's trying to get the honey out of the out of the tree and he has an idea to get a balloon and float up you know that doesn't end well for Winnie as we know but and then you give, you give the, 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 the book and you put a little marker in it and then dad reads the next part, mm. it's sending mm. a really powerful message and particularly if the children ask for it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, as, but as time goes on, you can start with little things like stories, really little. Most mums and dads will, will, will do that. Particularly if the children are asking for it, mm-hmm. and so you start. I'm a big believer in just s- s- small and doable, mm-hmm. rather than asking too much of each other. Just that, just little things that. That's why I love like your that. work; just,
0: it's attainable.
2: Yeah, it's so. It is. It, well, it'd be weird if it was complicated, being about, <laughs> <laughs> but the, <laughs> um, but you know, like a pillow. Daddy, can we put our our pillow here? And it might even be one they take from Daddy's house. It doesn't always have to come from Mums because Mm -hmm. as Dads, often we feel that we're not as good at this as Mums are. Uh, We we get that message, and it's usually true. But the, um, not always, but, um, but maybe the pillow on their bed from Daddy's house comes to your house you know, and and they sleep on it then they take it backwards and forth. Little things, little, little things. We have this saying in the United States, don't sweat the small stuff. But with stuff, with things like this, it's it's all about the small stuff. Yeah. It's all, literally small mm-hmm. stuff. A little, uh, Some kind of sweet little thing that they like to have by their bed at night goes backwards and forwards. But here's where this is actually leading to, Jade, is that eventually if you can build it up, one of the things that really secures kids is when the rhythms in one home, so like, you know, like you have certain rhythms of like when you wake up, the kind of things you do and their dad will know about that. He's been gone a year, but he still knows the way things were. He still Mm -hmm. knows the rhythms in your home. And and maybe he's established new rhythms in his home. That's good too. That's all good. But if you can establish similar rhythms, so the children, um, uh, like um, one mum was saying to me, we always, before every meal, say a thank you to the farmers, mm. those little children, and they we say the thank same. you to the farmers for the food. Mm-hmm. Do you? Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, it might be th- um, th- that uh, your former partner, your WAS band, um, uh, uh, could also say the same sort of little thank you to the farmers. Mm. It might be that the um, that that the way they get ready for bed and the funny little things that they do in the bath that happens same in both, so that you start establishing because for little kids that's their world, mm-hmm. that's their world, yeah. their, their world is that stuff, and if mm-hmm. they can sense, see, they're looking for t- togetherness, yeah. And and you can't be together with with daddy right now, you know, that's just not going to happen, and, and so mm-hmm. on but they can get a sense that my mummy and daddy do things the same. Mm-hmm. They're both caring for us mm-hmm. and that, that they're friends, even though, even though friendship might be hard right now, they get, when, when, when little kids see, if you think about when you watched your, how, how, may I ask how young your youngest one is?
0: Uh, three and a half.
2: Three and a half. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Because when you watch your three-and-a-half-year-old play, play, they they go through solitary play where they're just playing mm-hmm. on their own. They're just little, they're tiny, and they're playing with their fingers and with a little toy or whatever, but they're not really relating. It's mm-hmm. tiny infants. But, but around when they grow up a little bit, they start what's called parallel playing mm-hmm. where they'll play with a truck And they'll go right up beside another child and the the other child will be playing with the truck and they'll be playing with the truck and they're not really playing together. Mm -hmm. But they they are paralleling, Mm -hmm. right? That is the play stage and it's a very, it's a well-known, obviously called parallel play. Mm -hmm. It's a well-known play stage. When mum and dad can parallel, even over little things, then children recognize it because that's the play stage they went through or they're in. Mm-hmm. Do you see the psychology mm-hmm. of? It? yes so and that will help secure them and mm-hmm. and have them feel good about things. Now it doesn't have to be that that a mum and a dad or or a mum and a mum like partners mm-hmm. have to um do exactly the same things because mm-hmm. you can't because that's probably with some of the tensions there anyway, mm-hmm. right. But if for the, but my advice always and uh, um, is for mums and for partners to get together and say like a like these two circles that are overlapping and look at the bit we we, we know what we're doing separately we know yeah. where we disagree that's well charted territory we've been over that a lot well known what is it for the sake of the kids that we can do that where they can go backwards and forwards between our homes and sense that we're paralleling. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be full on friendship playing impossible right now, mm-hmm. but over the years, if you find those little toe holds, it's very meaningful because children live in the world of, of picture thinking and symbolism. They do. That's just what it's their lives. And when you do that, that middle area, like two circles overlapping, and it might be just a little tiny bit of overlap. Mm-hmm. But if, you, if, you, if it's doable, like a thank you to the farmers or like a pillow that go, like a story, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's why I mentioned these really small doable ones. Mm-hmm. Over the years, that gets bigger and bigger because dad sees and mum sees or um, the partners see that this is really good for the kids mm-hmm. and that they are not so sad.
0: Yeah. You look yeah. Beautiful. Great thank place. you. Um, the Good second thing that, that I, sorry.
2: Oh. Good luck with that, by the way. Oh, thank, <laughs>
0: you. <laughs> thank you. Thank um, you. The second thing that I wanted to ask about that um, a lot of people, um, when they found out I was interviewing you, um, that we were on the show, that they had a question about was blended families. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's such a big topic. Sometimes there's, you know, big age gaps. There's a trio of kids where one kid is left out. Um, sometimes the couple has different parenting styles and different expectations when it comes to food and lifestyle. Um, there's just a lot of different personalities in the mix that maybe the kids won't like each other. Maybe one of the kids won't like one of the adults, you know, things like that. How does the stepdad come in without stepping on toes? So there's just so many factors that can make it so messy. Um, and if I could summarize everyone's questions that they sent me, it would be: What is the best thing that the adults can do for the children in this type of cha- this type of transition?
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, good, um, good, good word. If I may say, transition, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a it's it's a slow transition. This one. Mm-hmm. It really is a slow transition, and, and actually, that's a that's a, a great way. As we as as I know, we're getting to the end of our time together. That's a it's a really neat way um, to 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 end because it does in sort of um, encapsulate a lot of what we've been talking about. Actually, is one of the things. If you've got a blended family, two families coming together, one one of the things to do is to really um, sit down with the other partner and and talk about. What are the rhythms that we can establish that we can have in common? Values is also important to sit down and have a value conversation, just the two of you.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Where do our values overlap? Like that's an important conversation to have. I get that. It's a great one to have, but it's often people are onto that. Most of us know that we've got to talk about that sort of stuff, even before we take the decision to bring the two families together. Mm -hmm. There's a, but one of the things that's a little more hidden is, is this thing around around having the kids. Like, let's say um, your, your kids, um, let's say my kids are really used to um, uh, the same age. Let's say I have a three and a half year old. Uh, I'm a young dad. My kid uh, is, is um, used to going to bed and just falling asleep. Whenever they fall asleep, I'm into that kind of thing, right? Your kids, or your kid is, has a bedtime that's pretty biblical, right? So what do we do about that? And, and the, the, this is where the, um, the conversation can get um, very real and very helpful, is that we agree, okay, so let's do it this way, each day, let's. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to compromise a little. You know, compromise a little. Okay, so bedtimes for our kids that are a similar age are going to be this. Mm-hmm. Let's say they're a little older and there's homework. When do When do you do homework with? Because when we're getting together with with our our, our partner, it's sometimes um, interesting to know how how little we know about their rhythms with their kids.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: So to say, when oh, and you, and you might say, well, my kid does homework as soon as they get home from school. And and, and and I might say, well, I always have a snack first because they seem to do way better when their blood sugar levels are better. Mm-hmm. And then you might say, huh, that's a really – I never thought of that. Look, okay, let's – and we, we come to this kind of compromise about um, the, the two partners come to this compromise and then they do that, but not just a compromise as in compromise, but as a rhythm. Mm-hmm. And so that's now – what's going to happen each day. And again, they're small things, they're little things. And that's what goes on each day. Getting that stuff, getting the sort of regular stuff worked out like that, like what are our, what are our little rituals gonna be? Like we were saying before about thank you to the farmers. Do we say that at the table or do we not? Um, one parent, uh, I'm not making this one up, one parent was, uh, said uh, um, uh, a prayer, a blessing. But, you know, really talked about the spiritual dynamic. Another parent wasn't particularly comfortable with that. So they came to that middle, middle ground. My, mm-hmm. I was working with these parents. My suggestion was, you can guess, a, a, a thank you to the farmers. And the, mm-hmm. and the kids were little as And a thank you to the sun that makes the, the corn yeah. ripe. And I gave them a little kind of verse to use. And they said, yep, we can agree on that. One mum said, as long as we keep the God stuff out of it. The dad said, well, you know, maybe we'll talk about that later. But I said, yeah, guys, talk about that later. But for now, this, mm-hmm. because the kids need to know if you're intending on being together and you've decided on that, then take the things you can agree on and make it rhythmical. Because again, that gives the kids the message it sends the, the, them the message that you two guys are together and we can't play you off against each other. Mm-hmm. Because that's you know, in a lot of situations what happens. The, 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 the parents end up getting played off against each other and mm-hmm. you love her more than me. One parent will start overcompensating with the kids of, a, of, the, of their partner and, mm-hmm. and then their own kids start saying, why do you give them so much and you need me and so on? All that stuff starts up. Mm. what you can do is just get it together with your daily stuff. Yeah. When you do it, how you do it, and start right there. That's been um, uh, really helpful to a ton of parents when they've kind of just lowered the expectations of what a blended family is, but you just mm. don't mo- go into it thinking, okay, we'll just, I don't know, we'll feel it. our way through it. We'll yeah. wing it. And that's that can be a disaster, actually. Right,
1: yeah. I feel like growing up in my household, that was a disaster. And I grew up in a blended family. You're just forced into it without a choice. There know? was no rituals. You know, there is nothing that made me feel safe in that home because nothing tied it together, really. It mm-hmm. was just a mush pot of everybody's annoyed with each other.
0: And I imagine <laughs> yeah. when you do those rituals, it causes the rest to fall together. The kids mm-hmm. want to get along. The kids want that supplement, uh, supplemental parent because it's only an addition instead of a subtraction. Right. Mm.
2: Oh, that's, yeah, that's a perfect, Mercedes, if you if you can imagine growing up in a family that did that, mm-hmm. do you think that would have made a difference? Not so much. What do you think, Mercedes?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think my biggest core issue today as an adult is born, of course, from my mm-hmm. childhood traumas and that's around safety in the household and mm-hmm. feeling like I couldn't express Your father myself. didn't yeah. choose
0: you because of that exact situation, actually.
1: Yeah, or- Exactly. And if I could have been more, like if one of my core wounds is my father not choosing me over my stepmom, it's because we didn't have a situation in that household Mm -hmm. where I felt like she was a safe person for me and she very much wasn't a safe person for me, but... Of course, there's all kinds of other things that convolute that situation, um, but yeah, I think I think the rituals that you're talking to right now, like putting together a kind of a system that this house is expected to work under, would have made me feel like at least I know what to expect instead of I don't know what to expect, so I don't even want to come out of my room. You
2: know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, we we talk a lot about kids being safe and secure. But one of the best ways to secure a kid is to have them know what's coming next yes. and then it's true. Mm-hmm. And then they know what's going to come after that yeah. mm-hmm. and it comes true. That actually really um, on, on a body-based level calms the nerve. It calms yes. the whole nervous system down. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah, Because yeah. otherwise yeah. i you end up yeah. someone later who felt like they had no control over the circumstance mm-hmm. when they were young. And now you're a control freak. And that's never right. knowing
0: what's <laughs> around the corner. Yeah.
2: yeah um, controlling exactly. Right. And, but you know, the fact is, if you know you're over controlling because that was going on, you're already, you're already a good way out of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working yeah. on it and I'm working on it. Thank we're you. having people like yeah, you of us. that are helping change. Yes. This us. is
0: therapy for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, Can we end every show with a a couple of uh, lightning round questions, but I was curious if you had time uh, for one question about um, sexual abuse uh, Mm -hmm. with children. Um, So I came from a family that has a history of sexual abuse, and um, because of that, I can be easily alarmed and make things red flags when the reality is kids are just curious about their bodies. And um, I wanted to ask you, how do we talk to our kids about sexuality and their bodies in a way that doesn't pique curiosity or cause shame, but that also makes them feel like they are free to express themselves and feel confident to have firm boundaries at the same time. That's probably one of my hardest things I'm Um, navigating.
2: It's really a great and big question, and I'll try and just encapsulate it a little. And this this is not going to cover all the bases of this, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things um, that... I found really, really helpful about, about kids in terms of their emerging sense of self. It's not just about sexuality. Mm-hmm. It's a sense of who I am in the world. If, if we want to have a child emerge into their bodies without shame, um, uh, into, that, into the gender without shame, and I'm now talking about gender fluidity as well, mm-hmm. um, We've got to give that the basic security and safety of home life in order to do that because a lot of the world out there is pounding on kids. Mm-hmm. It's like I've worked in war zones, I know war zones, I've worked in refugee camps, but it's it's like there's an undeclared war on childhood going on. Yeah. And um, one of the things that we can do for kids' emerging sense of sexuality and, se- and self is to have a safe harbour at home, a, a place where they're not going to get pounded with images of the female body, for example, that are totally objectified, you mm-hmm. know, or they're not going to get pounded with all these, these images, of, like I said before, of how you should be um, and, and to comply and, and you've got to look like this, be like this, talk like this, dress like this. That's, that's toxic to a kid's sexuality and stance of self. Because their sense of self is going to be as gorgeous and as different as there are kids, and it's not going to be commodified. And we've got to we've got to really prevent our kids from having that commodified. Mm-hmm. And, and so giving them a place that is relatively low screen, mm-hmm. um, uh, where screen stuff is really watched carefully, and mm-hmm. and they don't get screens to take into their rooms, and right. you know that the, the screen is in a public place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, giving them a place where they're not just wicked overscheduled, really strongly overscheduled, where they never get a chance just to decompress, Mm -hmm. giving them a space where there's lots of predictability, like we were talking about before Mercedes, that then gives the space for their sexuality to emerge in in the way that it will, Mm -hmm. but it's theirs. It's not what they're being told it needs to be. Mm-hmm. then and and that in that sense um the the parents who give their kids it's almost embarrassing to say but giving children the space for childhood mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. giving them a space for it is one of the ways that they that that little seed that little tiny body that you born into the world you know and you are held in your arms in those first minutes there's they've come into the world to do something like a I don't know about, about you, Jade, but I was expecting harps and golden lights and angels. But my, my <laughs> first child born into the world, looking me in the eye saying, can you handle me?
1: Yeah.
2: She was mm. almost, almost rolling up her sleeve saying, are you? Because oh, she's strong. She yeah. is strong. Mm. And, you know, are you going to be able to cope with me? Mm. And giving her space, um, to go out there in the world, do what she's going to do, but come back in again and just decompress like, like she would, she goes out into those stormy seas of life. And uh, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but the kids do. But do we provide them with a safe harbour mm-hmm. where they can come in and provision, repair, mm-hmm. rest? It's not like I'm, I'm not suggesting we keep our kids from the big world. I'm suggesting mm-hmm. quite the opposite is it when they go out into the big world that they go out feeling strong. Mm-hmm. And that's got everything to do with emerging sexuality.
0: That's so much more simple than I expected. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. All right. So like Jade mentioned, we have a few short questions we like to end the show with. So if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say?
2: Um, if I could hug my younger self right now, I would say, Well done, Dad.
0: Oh. Oh, that's mm. so sweet. If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be?
2: Winnie the Pooh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so good.
2: Or, or more appropriately, the Deo of Pooh.
0: Mm. Hmm. I'm curious because of your previous question, were you concerned that you were going to fail as a father and that's what led you to your work? Were you nervous about that?
2: Almost the, almost the opposite. I had a dad who went through uh, the war, went through the depression um, and he came out the other side of it all loving and kind and and gave me an image of fatherhood, which was just beautiful. And I came to recognize as I learned more about the war and the terrible things that happened Mm -hmm. and the depression and he was a little boy in the depression and was starving, you know, and he was homeless at 14 and Mm -hmm. uh, that, um, yeah, that uh, what an incredible thing he did to find that space within himself to be such a kind and very present dad. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Because there's generational, I get it, there's generational abuse and there's Mm -hmm. generational alcoholism, but there's also uh, generational simplicity because we led a very simple life and he gave that to me and it was Mm -hmm. generational presence. He was just very, very present for me without being intrusive, particularly as a teenager. Not intrusive, but there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be?
2: Um, it would be the phrase of the Dalai Lama, I guess. And that is, um, be kind whenever possible. It's always possible.
0: Mm. I love that. Mm. You're like the Dalai Lama of the parenting work.
2: Not such but I'll take it.
0: You know, you read his work and it just feels so simple. And that's, Mm -hmm. um, that's what I love about yours. So before we let you go, where can people find you and your work?
2: Um, they can find the work that I'm bringing and I don't mean to be glib, but within all of our hearts Mm -hmm. because that's where it lives. It it truly lives. This, this, this wish to give our children a childhood is something inside ourselves. Mm. It's it. Of course. I know what, but I, forgive me. I know what you're asking. <laughs> it's the
0: best answer. <laughs>
2: um, the uh, is at Simplicity Parenting at the website, simplicityparenting.com. And we have, you know, we have a lot of support, a ton of support and, a, you know, um, all kinds of stuff going on there that if you want to simplify and balance out your kid's life, there's all sorts of support there because sometimes we can feel a bit counterculture and a bit weird Mm because you you look at your extended family and they're not doing it. They're just, just sort of weirdly overscheduled. You look around the neighborhood and Mm -hmm. everyone's just going crazy. So sometimes you do need an extended family around the world to give you the confidence to slow down a bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that.
0: Thank you so much. Um, Something I love so much about your work is it's not just changing people's lives. It's literally changing their children's lives, which is just a ripple effect. And it's going to continue far after you're gone. So I really, really, I'm just so thankful for what you're doing. Yes. You're, okay. if my kids will never meet you, but you're, you're, you've changed their lives. So Your
1: legacy yeah. is definitely leaving a trail of light behind you. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you.
2: Yeah, it's it's such a privilege to speak to you both, and and just just um yeah, I, I just many blessings on your work. Right, the thank world needs it. Yeah. Thank you
0: thank so you. much. Thank you. Yeah. We'll talk to you yeah. soon.
2: Anytime can... you're talking again, let me know. Okay. <laughs> thank
1: you.
0: Thank you,
1: Kim. We have Bye. a don't Bye. don't tempt us with a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jade will be sending an email directly after this for part two. <laughs>
0: you're welcome. Thank you. Thank, thank you. thank you Jim. so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. It well, was he refreshing, was huh? A
1: gem. Yes, I loved it. He um, really
0: did feel like, um, uh, you know, when you're around a monk, it's, it makes sense because their life, their whole thing is simplicity. Simplicity, yeah. Yeah. Like whenever I've been around a monk, it has this like different feeling. It's almost like you've gone out to nature. You've gotten off the grid you know, and it's like, they carry that energy about them. And when you like shake their hand, it's like, it's something, it's so powerful, the feeling that you get when you're around them. And I, that's how I felt just looking at him. He just carries that. So I think because so, it,
1: it, you know, I was, I wrote a magic trick the other day, um, which I'll use on, I'm going to use it on an upcoming episode, but um, it told me how to, or the 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 trick is how to remember what we learn and I think that's what monks are good at is because they you they know integrate have, yeah they've spent so much time on the the subject that they are most passionate about usually obviously with a monk it's usually about how to literally simplify your life to a means so that you are not grasping for material items and you are not mm-hmm. you know living in that realm of of materialism um, and you have more peace available you your present and all that. So, but whatever you're trying to learn and absorb, whether, whether it's parenting or, or anything else, I think what that tool or that magic trick um, gave me in the research I did for it was when we can grasp all this information and might come in through books and podcasts and all this stuff, but then we can hone it down. We, we've memorized it enough, you know, and I give you some, I'll give some Ideas of how to actually get that really stuck in our brain, so that we not just are um, mm-hmm. seeing the information and feel like we mm-hmm. have it in our brain, but we can actually relay it to the world in a way that is so clear and concise yeah. that someone else can understand I it that's that.
0: hard I'm excited and I think that that's what
1: monks do though you know they yeah. basically have integrated so well and they've absorbed the information understand it like in their being. Yeah. yeah that they're able to then just in a few words give it to you where you're like, oh yeah I get it. That's beautiful, yeah. and that's what Kim, our guest today, I think, was doing for us. So well, that's... what
0: about your magic trick for this? One? yeah, so
1: today <laughs> um, my magic trick actually comes from our guest, Kim today and Jade, you're the one who mentioned this to me because um well, I don't know that you knew when you were mentioning it to me, but it's something that relates a lot into my life. Uh, mm. And I don't I don't have children, but I have relationships and this can kind of go with any type of communication you're trying to have in any type of relationship, whether with children or loved ones.
0: And this isn't so, about your husband, but I've had plenty of partners that were like teenage sons. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, so this works on all of the inner
1: child and all the people that you meet. But uh, this magic trick is to not use... Two of the three stooges in any one sentence. Mm. So to clarify, the three stooges are these three words: you, always, and never. You always never. So we don't want to use two of those in one sentence at any time because it's can be. It basically will not communicate what you're trying to communicate, and it'll probably end in some disruption. Um, yeah, so you want to avoid them even used separately, but especially in conjunction with each other because they're very accusatory and sharp and, like I said, will likely be met with resistance. So, for example, let's start with the word you. So, when you're talking to anyone, especially a child, and you're saying you, it can be a bit cutting if you're using it in in an accusatory tone. So, instead, we would replace it with we or us.
0: Mm -hmm. I try to do that even on this podcast. I try to say we instead of you because it's not aggressive. Mm. And I just, I don't like when I see a message on Instagram where she's like, you need to do this and you need to do that. I'm like, well, do you think you're better than everybody? Like you gotta do it on me. But when you exactly, it takes the shit away when you're Mm -hmm. like, we need to do this. And it's Mm -hmm. like, it feels more, first of all, I'm all about things feeling attainable. It feels more attainable because I feel like, oh, you're going to do it too. Okay. I'm with you. Exactly. You know? <laughs> it's funny you say
1: that because whenever I write an Instagram post, I write it all the way out. You know, so if you follow me, mm-hmm. you guys in Jade, you know, my posts mm-hmm. are sometimes very lengthy. Yeah. Me like too. my magic tricks. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I write it out though, I'll often have all these eyes because it's coming mm-hmm. from me, you know, and yeah. it's com- And I'm also saying you should do this and if you do this and it, it just comes out of me that way. And mm-hmm. then I have to look back at it and go, how do I soften this? And how do I turn on my femininity? Because I'm mm-hmm. you know, coming from being masculine, instructional, commanding. Now, how do I make this inviting enough that people will actually mm-hmm. wanna do it? And I think a lot of that is like what you're talking about when we create the we in it, when we say, you know, this is my experience. It's coming from an I place and that's, that's okay. We can all accept that. Okay. She's talking about herself. That's not offensive to me yet. But when I am demanding you or commanding you and saying you should do this, that's like, they're like, Hey, I want to say in this. So yeah. you agree. when you make it a we thing or a us thing, it makes it so much softer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like what we're talking about here, uh, you might say something like, <coughs> Instead of saying um, something with the, that commanding you, you might say something like, why don't we see how we can make that better? Or let's see how we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no sense of condescension in that. And-, and if you catch
0: yourself saying you, like if you're like, oh shit, it just yeah. came out or uh, this is a parenting episode. I don't know if I should have said that word. But um, if, you, <laughs> if, if you caught yourself, you're like, "Ah, oh, I already said you a couple times. You can say, I need to be more mindful of this as well. That kind of like mm, at least closes yes. it up as a we. Yeah. Or uh, I often
1: say things like, I'm saying this to you as much as I'm saying it to myself because
2: it's- Yeah, that's I really good. Her, you know,
1: because mm-hmm. I do catch myself shooting on people a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's always something I need to do myself.
2: So. <laughs>
1: so now, okay, if we're talking about using the word always, just to go through these three different stooges, you know, these three stooge words. So the word always or the word never, where we might be using a phrase like, you always speak to your brother in a negative way. Um, you know. Obviously, if you have a kid, that might be something you're saying. I probably am saying something like, you you know, always do that and it really annoys me or whatever mm-hmm. I'm saying to Chris, <laughs> yeah. which he calls me out on all the time. Um, and it's not completely true, right? We, no, they don't always talk to their brother in that way or he doesn't always – do that thing that pisses me off. I'm sure there's plenty of times he's not doing that. So first of all, it's not not completely true. So we shouldn't be just saying blanket statements like that that aren't true. Mm-hmm. But also, um, it's so accusatory, it makes it hard to accept for a child or for an adult for that matter. So if we can replace that word always with often or sometimes, which would begin to soften that a bit. So we might say something like, this sometimes comes up and it's really hard for us when it does, or mm. this happens often and it isn't pleasant right Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a much it's softer so it's going to be much more likely to be first of all true and much likely much more likely to be heard by the other person so i think those are important changes and then just to specifically talk on the word or speak on the word never as in you never listen to me why don't why do i have to ask you five times you never listen to me which i think (laughs) gets said Mm -hmm. to both children and adults Mm -hmm. um and I'm sure we're all guilty of that at some point. So again, it's creating kind of a dead end for yourself because you're painting yourself into a communication corner. Because think about if if the child you're saying this to, hears that phrase, you never listen to me. They're hearing it like, well, then what's the point? You already think right. I never listened to you. So why would I start listening to you? So it's I calcifying- I feel devalued, yeah. Yeah, it's, exa- it's calcifying an already hardened situation. So- the alternative to that would be we could adjust it and say something like I like you we were talking about earlier you'd use an I instead and that might sound like I get really uncomfortable when I feel like you're not listening to me okay that's right I would totally soften to that I'd accept that way over you never listen to me so okay so um we want to stay away from using those you know two of those three stooges in any one sentence but let's say you accidentally do, like Jade was saying earlier, there's some ways that you can recover. And firstly, now that we've listened to this magic trick, we will be better at able to recognize when we've used one or more of those three stooges. And then at that point, we can say what I meant to say was. So once you've said the, you always this, or you never that, you would repair that. As soon as you hear yourself say that, take a moment, stop and say, wait, I need a minute. Let me reframe what I was thinking and what I was trying to get across to you. And you would use the phrase, this very powerful phrase, which is what I meant to say was, Hmm. right? So that all that y'all hopefully will help you in speaking to your child. If someone
0: is trying to repair that, give them credit and be open to it. Don't you know, cause I feel like a lot of times when we're like, well, what I meant to say was, and there, you know, someone can easily be like, well, that's not what you said. You know, like at least if, if so, you see someone making these efforts that Mercedes is talking about, like mm-hmm. do your part and be open to them and allow them that space to grow.
1: Yes, exactly. And I, that's the thing is if you can take the moment that it takes to kind of calm yourself from, from where you were, when you were saying that one of the three stooges, the, I always, or you, I mean, you always, or you never, um, that moment you take will hopefully calm you down or slow your heart rate down. Like Jade, you're talking about earlier and allow you to come back and say that sentence, you know, what I, what I meant to say was, and then communicate what that is from a more heartfelt space. And I think that heartfelt reframing Mm -hmm. will be accepted in the way you want it to be, or much more likely be uh, received the way you want it to be. So and it's obviously you're just trying to figure out how to relate something that's important to you, but we just, this is a way we can become better at communication and that's what this Mm -hmm. is all about. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And I know that uh, Kim John Payne has an episode on that. It's like 10 minutes long Mm -hmm. and it's different than uh, what Mercedes just said, but it's the same theme. So um, if you, felt like that really resonated with you and it's something you want to work on you can go listen to that episode his podcast is called simplicity parenting and my magic trick is is also from um one of his episodes and i don't i don't know which episode but you should just listen we should just listen to all of them um
1: uh, i'd invite
0: you to join me in listening to (laughs) Um, I listen to them as they come out because it's easy. They're only 10 minutes long. Mm -hmm. But one thing that really, really stuck with me um, was how, especially for me, I put a sense of urgency on everything. And if, say Mercedes, you send me three things about the podcast, and it's a time that I normally connect with the kids because it's right before bedtime for some reason, there's something in me that feels like, well, I need to answer Mercedes's three texts, or I need to uh, finish this grocery order, like whatever I'm in the middle of, or whatever's calling on me, I, for some reason, give this it, this sense of urgency, mm-hmm. which I do with most things in my life that I'm, that's something I'm really, really working on. But if, if I'm working on those things, cause I feel urgent and my kid comes to me for something, I always tell them to hold on. I never put, I, I rarely put my phone down and say, um, sure, honey, I'll and then in my head, I'll come back to that in a minute. Because really what is it going to be five, 10 minutes? Probably. Maybe it's even going to be 30. But in reality, in the big picture of it, like that can it can wait. Yeah. Um and also think about the reaction of your child. Long term, they can either remember that like you were always busy, yeah. And they felt less important. They felt like you were always preoccupied, or they can feel like, wow, I'm really important. My mom sat that to the side. And it's not always going to be possible, but when it is, it is going to be lasting for your kid. Um, you know, imagine like when you're with a partner and they're just always busy, they always have something that they have to do. Um, but imagine when like you say something to them, imagine the reaction when they don't even look up from their phone and they just tell you, just, uh, hold on. Or they just put their finger up and they're like, give me 10 minutes. Yeah. Or my husband who
1: constantly wears ear pods and never never hears anything I say or pretends he's not hearing it because he has the ear pods in as an excuse.
0: So think about how that makes you feel. I always compare uh, partners to children because for some reason we tend to have, it tends to be more um, understandable for, I don't know why, maybe we relate to them more since they're adults, but um, imagine though how you feel like, oh man, whatever they're doing must be really important, more important than what I, yeah. you know, I'm coming to him with. But imagine if he immediately, when you came to him, set his phone to the side, did whatever, had whatever conversation you needed or answered your question or embraced you, whatever, and then went back to that. You would feel like so valued and so um, I feel like prioritized. prioritized. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And that's what that. I want my kids. I really don't want my kids to grow up feeling like they were they weren't prioritized. Yeah, or they weren't important. Yeah, and it might be setting aside certain hours
1: of the day that are work hours. Mommy's going to be on the phone, and then certain hours of the day where that's what, I'm so that's the thing. First.
0: I one time raised my voice at soul. Because he kept asking for something every five minutes he would ask for something, and I was like, "Can you just give me ten minutes because I was dealing with something with you in the mm-hmm. podcast?" And then I realized like that poor freaking kid, like I just raised my voice at him because this could have waited till after bedtime, so that's that day. I said, "Okay, from now on, from twelve to two, no phone, and from five forty five to six forty five no phone mm-hmm. and that doesn't sound like a lot, but it is in my home because I'm with them all day long um But no one is going to be able to do this 100%. So if we at least try to apply it, it's only going to, you know, uh, balance us a little bit, yeah more. okay, you guys, thanks for listening. We hope you found this conversation as enlightening as we did and as refreshing. If so, please share it with your friends and family. This would mean so much to us. And you never know, you know the parents around you, you never know what they're struggling with, so sending this to them, it could um, benefit them in more ways than one. Remember also that you can go to our Instagram page at the Magic Hour to ask us or any of our future guests a question. Talk to you guys next week. Until then.
1: quick disclaimer we are not medical professionals so following any of our protocols or advice should be done at your own risk people and please remember to always always do your own research tap into that extraordinary growth mindset we all have access to within ourselves and seek out your own answers. Come on, guys, you know, you know the deal. And by the way, if you are a medical professional or an expert in any topic we cover and you feel we are not giving accurate information about it, Please find somewhere to contact us, contact us via social or email us at our website and let us know. A major goal of ours in doing this podcast is to bring value to people's lives by sharing helpful insights and info. So we welcome being corrected at any time and we'll be happy to share any of our fuck ups with our listeners so as to get us all back on track to discovering our happiest, healthiest selves.